to talk sports with Daryl and Sam. Welcome to Sports Info UM, featuring Daryl Oliver and Sam Sword. These guys know the sport like nobody else. From former players to coaches to the great figures of the NFL, you'll get the inside scoop on what's going down today in football and other sports. Now, here's Daryl and Sam. And welcome to Sports Info. Hey, you just got Daryl rolling his solo, and it's a whole lot going on in the world of sports, like we always start our show with. But as we've started our show with too many times in the past about a multiple, multiple shooting or one of the worst or one of the most horrific incidents in American history involving guns, here we are again. We're talking about another multiple killings at a church, a place of worship, a place where you think you can find peace, solitude, and someone comes in with an automatic weapon. Wow. This is just another incident that we we, we gotta face in our in in the society that um that we live in. Sutherland, Texas, Sutherland Springs, Texas, another some 20 people have died in this thing again by someone with a gun. A, a gun that shoots 40 to 50 bullets at a, in a matter of a couple of seconds. You know, when are we going to stop this? And, you know, we, we talk about this all the time, but we don't we don't really we haven't done anything about it yet. And, and I and, and I'm one of those people. I'll, I'll say it. And I've said it many times, I'm for guns, but I don't think I need to have the same kind of guns that they have um, on the front line of a war. I, I just don't think we need those kind of guns to protect ourselves. And we definitely don't need those kind of guns to go out and, and hunt Bambi. So I don't see a need for these kind of weapons in American society. And I, I understand that we have a lot of mentally challenged people. In our country, we have a lot of mentally challenged people all over, all over the world. But we don't, all over the world, don't have the same kind of gun violence that we have in our society. It's just, it's beginning to be a, a bit much. And I, and I know it has to be frightening for a lot of people who grew up never even seeing a gun. And it's still a lot of people in our society now that have never seen a gun, let alone hear one outside your window. But in so many communities where there's, that's just a, a natural thing to hear a gunshot from time to time outside your window. And I know it has to be frightening for just so many people to go through this um, because I, 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 I'm going to tell you, I'm, I'm very conscious of who's around me all the time. When I'm in the parking lot getting into my car, I make sure I'm taking a second look. When I enter a store, I make sure I look over my shoulder twice and hey, that's just the society that we live in. That's that's who we are. You know, hey, but maybe um maybe the person that's on our show tonight can help us through some of this this tragedy that we're dealing with in society and maybe they can actually um let us know how sports intertwines with some of the violence in our society and some of the things that are going on. Tonight, ladies and gentlemen, we have Dr. Candace Drummond. 
PhD in psychology. She works in South Florida, uh, works with youth, a lot of youth. So we're going to be talking about how uh, sports and youth and psychology going on. How's it going, Candice? I'm doing all right. How are you, Daryl? I'm doing great, doing great, loving this life I got. Hey, Candice, uh, welcome to our show, Sports Info. And um, would you like to tell us a little bit about yourself? Well, um, like you just uh, aptly introduced me, um, I am a doctor of psychology. I've worked with several different populations in South Florida. I've worked with uh, homeless and runaway youth. I've worked with uh, incarcerated populations, indigent populations, homeless populations, uh, pretty much where there's a need, I've been there. Right, right. You know, um, Candace, I, I lived in South Florida for uh, 16 years. I was a, I started out as a, um, as a social worker. Uh, my first job was at the um, Broward County Youth Detention out, out of college, and I moved on to be a um, intensive crisis counselor at the Center for Family and Child Enrichment in Miami, Florida. I don't know if that center is still there. Maybe I need to look that up it someday. Is. One of my oh it man, is. I tell you, Dr. Finney um, started that, and, um, and he passed away. But um, that was a great program, one of the best jobs I ever had, and I had a chance to to. To be, um, I guess you could say, in the field a lot because most of the cases I had dealt with young people because I was a young person myself at that time coming out of college. I'd only been out of college maybe four years. So, um, but I, 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 one of the things that, that really impresses me so much about South Florida is that we have so many youth sports organizations down there. And I've always found that when we have, when we have a lot of good youth sports and we can get our kids involved in things, whether it be football, basketball, tennis, um, whatever it is, we can get them involved. It kind of, it's, it's an outlet for, uh, for youth. Uh, how do you feel about that in South Florida? Absolutely. Um, I mean, any, any activity that you can do to engage a child, the, the fact of the matter I always tell people is if they have a dream, they are much less likely to engage in deviant behavior. So uh, if, you, if they have a dream and you nurture that dream, whether it be choir, tennis, sports, uh, you know, any, it could be any number of things. But if you nurture that dream and you nurture those, those goals and aspirations, it will always, always benefit the child in the, in the positive um, the, the fact of the matter is a lot of times as parents, we have our own dreams for our kids and sometimes we neglect their dreams and, and that in, a, in and of itself can sometimes lead our kids down negative paths because their, their dream has been stolen. I, I, I see that happening and I've seen that happen, um, as a coach, in a lot of cases, um, I was a coach in the state of Florida for almost 20 years, and that is how I see that. I see a lot of parents sometimes trying to live their dreams through their children, and that's not necessarily their child's dreams or what they want. But because maybe the dad was a athlete or the mom was an athlete, they just assume that their children are going to want to be athletes. Now, and on the on the same token, Cannon, I can really relate to what you what you just said about the. Um, about the dream aspect of it when you living when you have a dream and you kind of 
aspire to to fulfill that dream part of your life and when you see little things like maybe you make the varsity football team and you want to be an NFL player you you, you grab on mm-hmm. to that and uh, maybe you get a scholarship to somewhere and that just motivates or propels your dream to another level and uh, mm-hmm. and maybe someday you even get drafted into the, to the NFL no matter what round it is whether it's the first round or back in the 80s it was the 11 or the 12th round that actually propels your dream to another level and then if Mm -hmm. you ever play in an NFL game you've actually lived that dream and uh, I don't think it's nothing more in a person's life that gives them satisfaction and uh, they're living a dream and uh, and Mm -hmm. I can speak that because uh, I I actually feel a lot of comfort in my life once I realize this that I got to be an older person that I've actually lived a dream, something that a lot of people aspire to do, but never have an opportunity to do. My younger brother is in high school and he recently made the varsity basketball team and that was a huge accomplishment for him. I mean, he also is in AP classes and all of those kinds of things, but just being able to, like you say, continue to live his dream, it, it, it propels him to to keep moving forward and keep being a good kid. Yeah, I tell you, and, that, and that's one of the beauties of sports is um, everybody's not mm-hmm. going to be a be be a college material, but the if you know we we they've done done studies before of. Um, one of the things that CEOs had in common is that they all had a varsity letter from their high school, from their high school, and uh, and I think that takes that means that means a lot uh, for for a kid or for a young person to obtain a varsity letter in sports, but it means a whole lot just to be a part of a of an organization that's that should be the most positive thing in that school or on that campus if it's a football team a lacrosse team a baseball team it doesn't matter so um mm-hmm. hey candace we have one of our callers on the line and maybe you can help him this is vince from fort lauderdale is that for look at that a lot of fort lauderdale florida vince what's happening okay mr what's happening we, we have dr candace drummond on the line and um I was I was wondering maybe she could answer some of your questions. She's a a psychologist, a PhD. What's happening? Oh, that's okay. There, how you doing, Miss Candy? I'm doing all right this evening. How are you? All right. How about them canes? All right, go canes. <laughs> oh, and I got I forgot to say, Candace is a graduate of the University of Miami. Oh, okay. Yeah. I really don't know how about them came up, though. We really don't know the name. Okay. I just called because I wanted um, I, I talked to you and asked you what you think about um, the game coming up this week. What's, what's, um, how do you feel about the team moving forward? Go ahead, Dr. Drummond. You can answer that question for us. How do you feel about this team moving forward? They're 8-0. They're ranked number 7 in the nation. They're in a really good position right now. How do you feel about them? Um, as long as they continue to, yeah, as long as they continue to work together as a team and and you know continue to do the things that they've been doing, I definitely can see them continuing on this path. I mean, I've seen it before. I was, you know, when I attended 
the University of Miami, you know, we went to the bowl game two years in a row. We almost got the third one, but we won't get into that. But, uh, right. you know, <laughs> but yeah, I could definitely see it happening. Do do you think um, when do we like um, when when they got a turnover change? That's a good question for you. What do you think about the turnover change as inspiring the kids to play better or promoting them to do better with the change? Or uh, do you think that's like a being a little sporty on the sideline or? Conference the game of football. Do you think that's a problem, or do you think that's a motivation? Hmm. I mean, it really could go either way. I think it's. Oh, wow, that's that's a really tough question, Daryl. You wanna? Hop well, in on I, that I really for me? think the and and Mr. and Dr. Drummond, um, Vince is talking about a big old Cuban link chain with a U, green yeah. and orange diamonds on it. I've seen it. Yeah, and they get this chain when you get a turnover on defense, whether it be an interception, a fumble, um, whatever kind of turnover it is, they put this chain around the player's neck. And I think it's just a great motivational tool. Um, These guys get really excited about it. And actually, it's it's increased the turnovers, Vince, because 15 different people have worn that chain. Now, that doesn't mean that they've had 15 turnovers. They've had more than 15 turnovers. 15 different players have had a chance to put that, that put that turnover chain on. So I think that's just a real testament to this team and uh, and a testament to Mark Rick and his coaching staff for coming up with such a brilliant move. Yo. Hey, Vince, we're going to have to let you go, man. We got Damon waiting waiting on the line. He want to talk to Dr. Drummond and um, okay, get, a, get, I'm gonna hear get his. I'm going to y'all on the line. Hey, we appreciate it, Vince. Don't be a stranger. We're here every Monday night on Sports Sports Info Show. We'll be waiting on you. Thanks a lot. Hey, Matt, we got Damon on the line? Damon, what's happening? How's everything? Hello? Damon, what's going on? Hey, how's it going, Daryl? Hey, Damon, you know I'm loving this life I got, every second of it. I could break it down and any shorter than that. I break it down and love that, too. But Damon, I know you're a big Florida State fan, and I know the I know the Florida State Seminoles have have let you down just a little bit this year. I know you lost your quarterback early in the season, and uh, we have Dr. Candace Drummond, a psychologist, on the line, University of Miami graduate. So if you want to, you need some advice on how to deal with this horrible season that the Florida State Seminoles are having this year. I know Jimbo Fisher needed. He almost jumped in the stands and had a fight a couple of weeks ago. What's going on, Damon? I don't know, man. I'm just trying to deal with it because everybody has to deal with it. Um, it just it just hurt, hurt me to my heart, but I'm going to still be a fan regardless. But this is what I want to say for you. Um, in the rankings... They've been disrespecting you guys. You should be higher than what you are. Mm. I would agree and, uh, with you um, wholeheartedly, uh, Damon. But at the same time, you know, we really love the position that we're in. Right now, we're number seven. We still have three more games left in the season and the ACC championship to play. So we're, we're, we're not we're not upset down in Miami, and we know what. The United States of America wants to see. They want to see 
the canes with that swagger back. A lot of people yeah. say we don't have it, so let's just we gonna keep chugging along and chugging along. Next thing you know, we'll be five. <laughs> and hey, all we gotta do is just keep doing what we're doing. Somebody else slips up, and once we get in the top four, there's nothing anybody could do. We just gotta well, take care of our business. Get the top man. four, it'll be scary. Uh, I mean, I'm just looking on the outside in, but. Hey, keep doing what you're doing. I agree. Dr. Drummond. Yes. How do you feel about this hurricane ranking? Do you think us being number seven, and because we have not been in the top ten probably in the last seven years or more, have we been this high? So us being at seven with um, Notre Dame, we have Notre Dame to play, we have Virginia to play, and we have Pittsburgh to play at Pitt. Do you think this is a good position for us, or would you like to see us a little higher right now? Um, I actually agree with you. I think that it's actually a really good position for us. I think that the rest of the teams that we have to play, um, we're in a good position to win. Um, I... I think that the team is working really well together this season, and I mean, I want to, I want to see us continue to do that. But I think that from where we are right now, I think we're in a really good position to get into the top four, like you said. I I, I agree totally. And um, and and Damon, when we look at where Miami is right now, at at seven, if we could just go up one spot for the next three weeks of our season, I think we'll be all right. But I, my main concern, and I've talked about this on our show before, is that I think us not playing that Arkansas State game where we actually canceled the game because of the hurricane, it could come back and hurt us. Even though I think everybody in the nation know that we would have won that game, beat, we would have beat Arkansas State, but we're going to have a record at the end of the season, not 11 games. We're going to have 10 games. Or some I'm teams are going to have 12 games. Though, they go by a strength of schedule, and that dismisses all of that. Because I agree. Nice and hey, there is nothing heavier on your schedule than any on anybody's schedule this week coming up than what Miami has on their schedule. And I went to South Bay, Indiana last year, and I saw Miami lose to Notre Dame in a very close game that I thought they should have won. But Notre Dame comes to Miami this year. And Notre Dame is going to be ranked in the top four. I, I, I think they're either four or five in, in both polls. So if we beat Notre Dame, then we, we have no, nothing. To, no one has anything to say except put us, give us our props, put us in, our, uh, in the position that we need to be in. And Notre Dame is number three in the AP poll, and they're number five in the coaches poll. University of Miami is six in the coaches poll. And seven in the AP poll. So hey, we still we we got some good things going on, Damon. Real good things going on down there in South Florida. I, I, I see. You vibing right now. So everything's looking up. I appreciate it. Damon, we gotta take a quick commercial break, man. And hey, don't you be a stranger. We here every Monday night. Even when Jimbo Fisher is not doing well, we still here bragging and talking a whole lot of trash about what the Miami Hurricanes are doing. The swagger is back, baby. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we'll be back out of these messes with more sports information. 
your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Get ready for the Get Down with Hurley Brown. Want to get inside of the minds of the players and coaches? We'll talk everything sports, but with a focus on the NFL, NBA, and college football. We'll review and preview the week's big games. We'll talk about the draft choices and free agents and go inside the teams for news, recruiting, and what's next from the colleges to the pro teams. It's the Get Down with Hurley Brown. Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific on Voice America Sports. If you're looking for more information on firearms and the shooting sports, check out Taking Stock with Kelly McMillan. Kelly is the owner of McMillan Fiberglass Stocks with over 40 years of experience. Now he's ready to share some industry luminaries and their perspectives with you. If you're interested in firearms, whether it be for shooting, for fun, competition, hunting, or self-defense, Kelly is here to share his wisdom and experience. Listen live for Taking Stock with Kelly McMillan, Fridays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. You're tuned in to Sports Info UM with Daryl and Sam. Call us today at 888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or send us an email at sportsinfoun3793 at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. And welcome back to Sports Info. Hey, we have Dr. Candice Drummond, Ph.D. in, in clinical psychology, um, Dr. Drummond has two master's degree in mental health counseling. Dr. Drummond, may I ask you a question about um, sometimes we see so many athletes that we think they have it all, and the next thing you know, they don't have anything, and some of them end up in jail. Um, I just I, I just saw something on a, on one of those shows that um, Lamar Odom passed out. He, had, he collapsed at a nightclub. Uh, Lamar Odom is a uh, former NBA basketball player. He was down with the Kardashians. He was, I think he was married to Khloe Kardashian at one point. And he ended up mm-hmm. getting in, going to a rehab. Um, I guess he got released from the rehab. And that's been about a year or so ago. But I just saw where he collapsed in a, um, in a nightclub. And it just makes you wonder, what's going on with someone like him? And why do you think some of these athletes go through so many changes after their career is over? It happens actually probably during the career, the changes, that is. Um, When you have this much money, this much adulation and adoration from fans and that kind of stuff, the party vibe, the, you know, all of that is, is, is in the air. And so a lot of substance abuse you'll find in celebrities, in athletes, in you know, in in just the the extremely wealthy, substance abuse is rampant because of the accessibility of it. Um, you know, when 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 money is virtually limitless, the the thing that often brings most of us to our quote unquote bottom doesn't occur for a lot of these folks until they have health crises, which we see with you know 
Lil Wayne having seizures and Lamar Odom uh, passing out in nightclubs and, uh, you know, lots of these different celebrities that are facing. And like you said, these athletes after their careers or even, like I said, during but after as well because now the the requirements of the, the maybe the, the drug tests that were being performed aren't there anymore. So now they have more time on their hands and substances come in. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that, that's a definite for a lot of these case, these cases. And, um, and, and what do you think about, um, we hear so many times that uh, last week we had a story about, uh, Antrell Rowe former university of Miami, decent defensive back. And he played for the New York giants and a couple of other teams in the NFL where his, his, um, his accountant was actually filing his income taxes and taking the money, basically, and where he had actually told, took about $2 million from him and more from other athletes as well. You know, it's a, a lot of times um, athletes, maybe they come from, uh, and that intro rollers, he comes from a very stable background. Well, he was actually the whistleblower in this case where he ended up getting this attorney um, caught and um, so he was a whistleblower in that situation. But in so many other situations, athletes have gotten burned and taken advantage of by agents, by financial advisors. Um, and, and you look up and, and these people are literally, literally broke on, um, on the same token. We talk about a University of Miami um, player, um, Clinton Portis, who's had some some financial issues, some financial situations, because he trusted some people. How do you feel about that? Well, I mean, the fact of the matter is that if you're coming from a an environment where you don't have to manage money in this way, you're gonna need help. So you become vulnerable in that sense because you don't know the ins and outs of managing that kind of money. You don't know what is acceptable or normal or, or, or any of those things. So you're, you're, you're able to be victimized and it happens to pretty much, yeah, again, you know, anyone who's in that position and, and needs help from, from people. And, and it can always be people that we trust, you know, or, or think that are in our corner and that also makes it very difficult for these athletes who come up or, you know, get get wealthy overnight virtually because they have to re-navigate their entire lives around this new found wealth. Yeah, exactly. Hey, um, Dr. Drummer, we have um, Jerome on the line. Jerome, what's going on? Hey, Daryl. Hey, Doc. How y'all doing? Hey, Jerome. <laughs> I'm doing good, Jerome. Loving this life, man. How's everything going? And um, um Dr. Drummond has a PhD in clinical psychology. Um, man, she's she's the real deal in South Florida. She works with a lot of children. And Jerome, I know that you are a um you've been a high school uh, golf coach, baseball, football, and now you're um you're still involved in in um in high school. Have any questions for Dr. Drummond? I actually got two. One is a little personal with my daughter, my granddaughter. I will ask her about golf, but I'm going to ask her a football question first. In the last, I guess, a uh, couple of weeks, 
you've been seeing a lot of fighting going on on the field, and you think of these pro athletes as, you know, the uh, one above uh, mentally, uh, physically, and now it seems like everybody's kind of losing it a little bit. Uh, you saw the situation with the Jaguars yesterday where uh, Rams kind of baited A.J. Green into really losing it on the field and getting kicked out for the game, and he's too valuable of a player to mentally let somebody get to him like that. What is going on, you think, all the guys coming out of college, they're just not mentally tough, Doc, or what? Um, the mental preparation that it takes in order to take that kind of berating and, 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 you know, taunting is not really approached by many teams. It's not really, uh, you know, they don't really pay attention to it the way that they need to. Um, the, it, is, it is a very aggressive environment and without, you know, having some kind of, some kind of way to cope with it mentally, it's going gonna, it's gonna to spill out physically. Mm-hmm. That's what it seems like is going and, on. Yeah. And, Doc, are what I mean, you, what they, you're they're stating... not paying enough attention to that. Sorry. So, Doc, no. are you saying if we're going to tact tact, uh, practice tackling and blocking and we're going to spend a whole lot of time in a classroom rehearsing and studying all of these films and studying all these big thick playbooks we need to spend some time put some time aside and study and work on how to deal with taunting and how to deal with athletes talking trash to you after maybe they hit you hard or maybe um, doing some little things that it shouldn't—it it shouldn't get up under our skin the way it does sometimes. Absolutely. I mean, the the fact of the matter is that if you have better coping skills to handle those kinds of things, you're less likely to react physically. Now, if you're already in an emotionally charged environment, which we know the football field is, and you're already been hit it's even more necessary to have some kind of coping strategy in place so that you're not going to quickly fly off the handle in that moment. I agree totally. Yeah. And, Doc, you don't mind asking a second question. My granddaughter is nine years old. She is a good athlete. She's in the fifth grade. She's right-handed. Uh, but I recently uh, started uh, taking golf up with her. She's been interested in golf. But the crazy thing is she hits a golf ball left-handed. She puts left-handed, but she's a pure righty, plays softball with the right hand, doesn't play right-handed. So mentally, is that a good change for that age? Or is she, uh, is, she's swinging actually better on the right side. So mentally, you think that's a good change at this age? Think she can make that uh, adjustment from left-handed to right-handed to left-handed? It's actually a really good thing because... Uh, the way that the brain functions, actually, for right-handed people, we are actually at a disadvantage in, in how the two hemispheres of the brain connect. The people who are ambidextrous or left-handed actually have a larger corpus callosum, which actually connects the two hemispheres of the brain, making them much more uh, able to connect language skills with uh, uh, visual motor connections like uh, hand-eye coordination. So it's actually a really good thing for her to be able to kind of switch back and forth because the the neurons in her brain are actually going to get stronger and she's going to have better connections between the two sides of her brain. Okay. All right. Well, I appreciate that. 
So Jerome, that's something you can work on now. You know, and yeah, hey, by the time you hey, by the time she's in high school, we wanna we wanna really do another study on this when she gets to high school in about four years. Yeah, I just got to buy some left handed clubs. Hey. <laughs> hey, the internet has everything, Jerome. Everything. <laughs> That's right. Uh, All right, good hey. talking to you, Doctor, and good talking to you, Dale. We're playing golf Sunday morning, man. If you ain't doing nothing, come on, play golf with us. I will, man. If I'm not doing nothing, I will be playing golf with you on Sunday. Hey, give me a call. Okay. We'll talk, Jerome. Thanks for calling right, the show. Okay, Doc. It's always nice. Hey, Dr. Drummond, I know we've had you now for longer than we expected, but you've been so good, and uh, we really appreciate you. And uh, really, don't you be a stranger either. You can call us anytime, and we're going to have you on the show in the near future again soon. Thank you so much for having me, Daryl. I really enjoyed it. Oh, we really enjoyed you. And, Doc, do you want to give a shout-out before you go? You know, you, you, you can't leave until you give a shout-out to something or somebody. Well, I want to shout out my dad. He is my biggest supporter. He is my cheerleading section. Like, I want to shout out my dad. I'm sure he found it somewhere online so that he could listen in. Hey, well, hey, Dad, we're sure you found it online. And um, and tell Dad, don't be a stranger. We're here talking sports. We're talking University of Miami. We're talking the Dolphins, talking NBA Every Monday night from 8 to 9 o'clock here on VoiceAmerica.com, Sports Info. Candace, don't be a stranger. We love you. Come back and see us Thanks, again. Carol. Thank you so much. Definitely. Take care. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, the University of Miami is still undefeated. 8-0 and and doing the darn thing. Man, these Canes look like they are ready. I was at the game on Saturday. Uh, what a game from start to finish. The action, the energy in that stadium. The energy in Hard Rock Stadium was nothing I had never seen before. I've been to this game since we moved to the Hard Rock Stadium. And that had to be the most energetic University of Miami game I have ever been to at the Hard Rock Stadium. I mean... Virginia Tech came in, ranked number 13. Uh, University of Miami, I think we were a two-point favorite, two-point underdog. Whatever you want to give us, it didn't matter. Um, hey, and and two thumbs up. We take our hats off. We salute. We tip our hat. We do all of that to Mark Rick. And we thank you, Georgia, University of Georgia, for letting us have Mark Rick, for sending him down here to, to the University of Miami. Because, hey, Mark is doing a darn thing. This team is playing at a high level. I mean, I, I you know, I read something early before the season started in, in the um, in the spring of last year where they was talking about this kid Malik Rogier and um, there were some things Mark Rick said about Charlie Ward that he liked about Malik Rogier he reminded him of Charlie Ward a little bit and I see this with him running the ball when this kid doesn't see anything he'll take off running with the ball you know and Charlie Ward was famous for that he dropped back two steps one two three if he didn't see nothing he took off running the Mark Rick actually has designed runs for this quarterback, and um, I really like what he's doing. I, I, I just I, I like what I see from this team. Um, I think we have a we, we we are the diamond in the rough. We are the diamond in the rough. We got Red on the line. Red, what's going on? What up, Daryl? Thanks for having me. Hey, <laughs> thanks for being on the show. You know, uh, Red, I told you a couple couple of weeks ago that. Um, that I, I really I really didn't think that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers coach was ready for the NFL. 
I thought he kind of got that job a little prematurely. I think it was some other people out there that were better better candidates for the job than him. Now we see um, Jameis Winston's going to be out for a couple weeks. Mike Evans might be suspended for a week. What's going on in Tampa, man? Uh, on the parts of the seat, man. Not disciplined. I mean, you get third and three and end up in third and 25, man, just off false starts and, you know, just was like that. But I, I can't put my finger on it, you know. The running game is in it. Running back. I kind of been saying that you have to. I kind of. Yeah. I'm telling you. Up, you know. Well, hey, you hey, the game, I mean, they 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 have not seen the end zone in two weeks. That's that's. I mean, well, they did get a late touchdown yesterday, but uh, can't practice all week because they don't see the end zone like that, man. You got people putting up forty, fifty points yesterday, and we yeah. ten. You know, three last week. That's just interesting. You can't win football games like that. You can't. No, you just nah. can't win like that, and man. I'm, it, you really think the coach, you go straight to the coach's car? You, 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 you don't think that coach could, 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 could uh, put a better product on the field and produce? In my opinion, I don't think Lovey Smith would have had a product on the field this undisciplined and coming, coming unraveled at the scene this point in the season. And I'm not saying that um that um that Lovey Smith would have been a good coach for this team. I'm saying Dirk Cutter is not a good coach for this team. He doesn't have this team um in his wraps. I mean I mean I'll tell you this. Tom Coughlin has just his presence alone has the Jacksonville Jaguars playing at another level. Dirk yeah. Cutter has this team playing at a level below what they were when Lovey Smith was there? The professionalism, at least, is below what it was when I, when Lovey Smith was there. Yeah, well, I mean, you think the answer is firing? I don't think I don't, the answer. I, mean, is, I don't think point. he's I mean, ever going to find the success that Tampa Bay is looking for. I don't think he's ever going to find that. So I, I really think that. Um, I think we they need to cut their losses um, right now. I think they need to cut their losses and, and be done with it because he and for one who, thing. And get who? I don't know who they're going to get. Too now. Wait, wait, wait. I don't, I don't know who they're going to get. I'll tell you this right now. His relationship with his quarterback Winston Mar- um, um, Jameis Winston is too much of a French friendly relationship. You know what I mean? And I don't think that's good either. I've seen him live get on James's ass in front of everyone. I mean, I really don't think it's like that. I mean, that, I mean, I can see how you might think that, but it's, it's, it's not like that. I'm not there every day, but from what I've seen, I mean, and this just wasn't one time. He is not He's not above getting on James. He is not above getting on, uh, Jerry McCoy, none of them. Mike Evans, none of them. He is not above getting on none of them. I'm seeing you do it. You know what? And you're calling out some superstars on this team, man. I think this team has some stars. And I, I really yeah. thought Mike Evans was a little bit overrated as a wide receiver for this team. But at the same time, he's a star. He's a star. Now, uh, you know how, how, how I've always felt about um, 
Doug Martin. I just thought he was just a little overrated and a little bit too small, undersized he to be the kind of running. He is not playing like the third highest paid running back in the league. They shouldn't have never gave him that money. No, they. I think he's that gotten money. complacent. I mean, well, I, I don't know, man. Like I said, I'm not there, but I mean, the the the, the running game is just in up, man. I mean, I'm looking at guys that's getting paid damn near minimum, man. That is producing. Produ- have you seen that? Have you seen uh, Baltimore play? They didn't play so well yesterday, but Baltimore got a running back, man, that's, that's running the ass ball, man. I can't even call a kid name right now. He you know, that's why they don't like draft the running backs so higher than the fifth round. Because they say they can find a fifth round running back anywhere that's going to be productive. You'll find somebody out of nowhere in that position that are, exactly. Um, somebody that's you know, always want to play. Right. It really ain't about the money. You know what I mean? I spent my weekend, I've been spending my weekends looking at quarterbacks, man. I'm, I'm, we were just playing uh, Virginia Tech Saturday, and he had a mediocre game. But um, I'm looking at one of their quarterbacks, man. The, dude, the, the kid out there is like Richard Sherman's size. Six I saw that kid. Pounds. You know what I mean? I saw that uh, kid. Is he, is he top notch right now? I don't know. But the question is, is he coachable? You know what I mean? Are these kids coachable? I mean, and if he is, I'd like to have a quarterback that's 6'3". You know? Vernon Hargraves is, I think he's, he can be a solid corner in the NFL. But you can't teach somebody how to be six foot. He's 5'10 yeah. at best. Right. You know what I mean? And Brent Grimes is on his last leg. He didn't even play yesterday. I think he might be contemplating retirement after this year. You know what I mean? So we need to be looking at secondary, man. I wouldn't care if they draft all quarterbacks. And, 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 and pick the cream and, and cut their losses with whoever didn't make the cut. You know what I mean? But this team needs some help, man. Hey, man, this team, hey, needs, man, this team needs some discipline, man. And I don't know if Dirk Cutter is going to be the man to give it to him. Hey, Red, thanks for calling, man. We here every Monday night. Don't be a stranger. I won't, man. I appreciate hey. it. Hey man, I, and I'm, I'm, hey, and I've, these Tampa Bay Buccaneers got to get a, come on some kind of winning streak so you can feel better and sign a little bit better. Hey guy, we're gonna take a yeah. quick commercial break. When we get back, I hope we got another Tampa Bay fan on the line. We got Jarvis on the line. I hope you hold on, and we'll be back after these messages. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Sports continues to grow and evolve to ever-increasing prominence in today's society. On All Around Sports, host John Inglesby will connect with the leading newsmakers from the sports world, including players, owners, and fellow sports journalists, discussing the top news and events that are relevant to sports today. John will also report from and offer his experience of the world's top sports events. Tune in to All Around Sports with John Inglesby on Mondays at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Okay, sports fans, here's your opportunity to discuss football, America's favorite sport. On an annual basis, millions of people attend, watch, and listen to football, both pro and college. Ray Ellis Sports, an internet talk radio show, was developed with the fan in mind. Join host, former Philadelphia Eagles and Cleveland Browns strong safety, Ray Ellis, on Voice America Sports every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific for exciting, interactive football discussions from the fans' perspective. Tune in every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific to Ray Ellis Sports right here on the Voice America Network and let's talk football. 
Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You're tuned in to Sports Info UM with Daryl and Sam. Call us today at 888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or send us an email at sportsinfoum3793 at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. And welcome back to Sports Info. Hey, we got Jarvis on the line. Jarvis, what's going on? Uh, Not much. Not much. How you doing? Hey, doing great, man. I know you're a Tampa Bay Buccaneers fan, and uh, and I'm kind of surprised that you call us because, you know, I don't, we don't hear too much from Tampa Bay Buccaneers fans when they're not winning. But Red does call, even when he's winning and losing. And what, what, what do you think the problem is down there in Tampa, Jarvis? Uh, well, first off, it is definitely uh, coaching. And I think, it's, I think it's getting the most out of the the stars that we have on paper down there. I mean, because on paper, I mean, I don't see any. I don't see six or seven teams that's better than Tampa Bay on paper. When you look at each position, O line and D and defensive back, we need a little help. But on paper, I mean, our front seven on defense, our quarterback, two our two tight ends, two receivers, um, our rookie receivers, uh, special teams. You know. Uh, from top to bottom, you know we, we're supposed to be a lot better than two and six. So if if the players look good on paper and, and, and they're bringing it and they're, they're giving good effort, then you know, or you know, lack thereof, not giving good effort, it's got to be a reason. I think it's the motivation coming from uh, Dirk Cutter and his staff. And I, I don't know if it's time for him to go right now, but uh, it, it's not going. It, I don't see him. I don't see him making a huge turnaround. I, I, I would think he would have to finish at least. Eight and eight, maybe seven and nine, to even have a chance to continue on in the off season, to have a shot. So uh, I think it's, I think it's dirt cutted. I don't think the guys want to play for him. I, I really don't don't have the enthusiasm to try to want to win for him. So that's my opinion. I, I think I think there is some truth to what you're talking about. Um, when you look at Doug Martin, you know, eight carries, seven yards. That's just that's just not going to cut it. And um, I think someone was mentioning that he's like one of the top paid running backs in the league. That that's just not going to cut it. And um, and w- and we look at Mike Evans, who was voted as one of the top um, wide receivers in the NFL. He's just not having the kind of Mike Evans se- season that we expected from him. And Jameis Winston, you know, he he came out of last season with with high expectations, high expectations coming into this season, and he just hasn't lived up to them either. And and I can say the same thing for the defense too. Uh, I just don't see this team being they're not they're they're not taking steps to move forward. And we look at teams like the New Orleans Saints. They started out this season. We were actually calling for Sean, uh, Sean Payton's job, but. Sean Payton is one of those kind of coaches that you know he's just gonna keep chugging along, chugging along, doing what he knows, and and the thing and it, and the ship is gonna turn around. Well, that didn't happen with this team, and we never saw this team look like they were working towards urgency to turn it around. Where early in the season, Sean Payton knew that he had to make they they cut Adrian Peterson. Uh, 
And that was like an urgent yeah. move to turn the things around. We just haven't seen that with this Tampa Bay team. Um, yesterday, Tom Coughlin benched the number one running back. And I, Tom Coughlin, I, I think he, I'm, I'm sure it was a Tom Coughlin move. And they say because right. um, Leonard Fournette uh, was late for a, for a team meeting or he had been late for a couple of um, things. So this I, team, that's, honestly, Tampa Bay Doug, just Doug, not putting the urgency in right now. No, nah, not at all. Doug, Doug Martin, if you're going to pay somebody the third, if he's going to be the third highest paid running back in the league, you know, there, there are some, there's sometimes running backs, you know, they don't get eight carries for 40 yards all the time, eight carries for 60 yards all the time. Sometimes they have a slow start, but I think Dirk Cutter the worst. I mean, I'm, you know, I'm a Tampa Bay fan, but I really do think Dirk Cutter is the worst offensive play caller in the National Football League. Uh, I don't, okay. I don't see, I don't see the third, I don't see the third highest paid running back getting just eight carries. I mean, the man's four or five years in the league. Uh, he's been a little, somewhat inconsistent, but when he's good and he's getting the ball, I mean, he's been, I, I want to say, his, his two best seasons, he was second and fourth in the league in Russia. And one year he was, he led the league in all-purpose yards. So, I mean, he, he justified why, why that he can play in the league and play at a high level. You got to get. I mean, I think you have to give him the ball. I mean, I know you have. I do understand you have other weapons, but you know, I think I think you have to. You, you have to run the football. And you have to stop the run, and we're not doing either one of them. So that's why we're two. That's why we're two. I, I would agree with you, and you know, OJ Howard, number one draft pick, one reception, and he only was targeted two times yesterday. You gotta wonder what's going on. Why you take a guy in the first round like that? And and and. I'm not to say that a tight end is one of these people that's going to make, make a big impact, but I don't think they've ever made an effort to make this guy a, a vocal part of their offense the whole season. And I understand that the guy Barber is a is a he's a very good tight end, but you drafted this O.J. Howard guy in the first round to be a standout tight end. You just haven't used him at all. Yep. Hey, Jarvis, don't be a stranger. We're here every Monday night. we got a couple more callers we're trying to get in before we get out of here. All right. Take it easy. Thanks. Have a good night. Hey, uh, Matt, we got Diane on the line? Yes, I'm here. Diane, how are you? <laughs> I'm good, thanks. How are you? I'm doing good. Diane, uh, I'm sorry you missed our earlier guest. We had Dr. Yeah, Candace Drummond on. Yeah, I was dinner, and so we got home. Yeah. I was like, okay, all right, still got a few minutes or whatever. Yeah, so, hey, hey um, but, you know, um, you being a, a school teacher and and uh, and a Florida Gator fan, mm-hmm. I must say that, from the city of Gainesville. And, um, mm-hmm. Diane, what is the vibe in Gainesville right now? You know, uh, Randy Shannon didn't do himself any 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 help, any service over the weekend by by losing. But um, what's well, what's the vibe what over there in Gainesville? What I can hear what my, what my husband said. She said they just kind of lay down, and so um, like they just the heart was not in the game. So um, he said somehow they just got to realize that yeah, I know you know you liked your coach or what have you, but. You know he's he's gone, and you still have to represent the university. So you've got to still go out there and play. Um, so you know it is what it is, and you know that happens when you switch mid-season. Team morale is down, and uh, but they've got to they've got to come out. They've got to come up. So yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, and uh, 
Missouri, forty-five to sixteen. That was that was a pretty pretty good whooping. Um, mm-hmm. Do you? I guess this. I'm going to ask you this question. It's kind of is is Gainesville ready for a black coach? Well, um, uh, well, yeah. I know y'all are real close but, to Ocala. You know, uh, whether it will happen now, I would say Gainesville, but um, you know, I don't know really who's pulling the string. So, um, hmm. You know, uh, I, yeah. You think they are? How about this, Dan? If Charlie Strong... If you want to win, you got to get who you can get that's going to win. I agree. You got to get... And and they really need to get somebody with the real name uh, that's been out there. You know, Urban Meyer, um, he, he was the name that came in when he got the job. But I guess... How is Gainesville going to react if Charlie Strong is their coach and he goes on a three or four game losing streak? Is he going to get the same kind of treatment that 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 the last coach got, or is he going to get worse treatment than Michael Roy, Michael uh, Wayne got? So I'd be going in a couple of uh, uh, yeah. So that's that's going to be see, that's gonna be real interesting right though. <laughs> that's going to be really really interesting. Doing so. But I don't. I don't you know, think. I, I don't think. I, I don't think they're ready I would for that. Even if he came there, I don't know. I would just kind of feel kind of funny uh, if I was him because I was there and you know I was right here, right here, you know, right here. And so I right. finished out the season, and then you like, see ya. Yeah. Yeah, and, and that'd not, be really that would be fair. Until, to, you know, the hey, what's up now? Yeah. You want me now? I don't know, Diane. Oh, yeah. I, but we know. I'm, I'm almost sure that that um, Randy Shannon will not be the Gators' head coach. That's that's oh. for sure. Um, but um, I don't think that Charlie Strong is going to be the Gators' coach either. Now, who will be the Gators' coach? Now, you know, there's yeah. a name out there. His name is Chip Kelly. Look for him, mm-hmm. and I think he's going to be the Gators' head coach because he comes with a lot of. Um, you know, accolades behind his name. You know, he's he won a national yeah. championship at Oregon. Um, but at oh. the same time, he's done some of the things that University of Florida don't want to talk about. He's he had some recruiting violations. He was suspended from the NCAA as a coach. Oh. So I don't know if the Gators want to deal with um, with Chip Kelly, but I think they're going to go after someone with a big name. Chip Kelly's out of football. He's actually a commentator oh. for. Him. For football, he's not even coaching, so uh, right, he's a possibility. Right. Yeah. Um, okay, Chip Kelly. Chip Kelly, look for him. But uh, my okay. friend, interim head coach Randy Shannon, I don't think he's going to be right. the head coach there. But uh, if Charlie Strong does decide to take that job at University of Florida, let's hope he does. I think Randy Shannon could slide into that South Florida job and continue to do a really good job. He's from uh, Miami, um, New Orleans High School in Miami, Florida. He has a good connection with people in South Florida. He, he's a great recruiter. He's a great yeah, person. Well, they, yeah, well, yeah. they need to stick with him, man. Yeah. <laughs> well, Diane, thank you for calling. Yeah. We're here every Monday okay. night. All right, Don't be a stranger. Okay, all right. And and, and let's go Canes. We're 8-0, and oh, undefeated. Seventh in the yeah, United States of America. The, I, y'all play the high school team in the beginning. <laughs> oh, damn. But we just beat Virginia Tech. You know, yeah, I, you you did, know. Y'all, y'all, y'all did play someone then. 
But, it know, just would take a Gator this. fan like you to throw a knife when we when we win You know what I'm saying? We're trying to we're trying to show how show show how much we love winning and being back on the top. And you what you do? Pull a chair from my nose and look at us fall to the ground. But we ain't falling this time, Diane. We ain't falling for well, that old Charlie Brown trick no more. Y'all still going? No, we're eight and zero undefeated and doing it though. Like that next year. <laughs> hey, and guess what? In two years, I think it's in 2019, we play the Gators. Be ready. Be ready, because we're going to be ready. Thanks, Diane, for calling. Don't be a stranger. We're every Monday night okay. on the Sports right. Info Show. Take care. Hey, guys, we'll All be right, back next care. week with more sports information. Thanks again for listening. Daryl Oliver and Sam Sword will be back again next Monday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel for more Sports Info UM. We'll see you then.